Welcome to the first episode of BS in Politics. My name is Mark Nally, and on the other line is Roberto Fajardo, and today we talk about the whirlwind week in politics, starting with a current events roundup that includes Prime Minister Abe's Mar-a-Lago visit, immigration order updates, and the Nordstrom saga. Then we go in-depth into Trump's recent cabinet nominees and the disaster that was Michael Flynn's 24 days on the job. And finally, we talk a bit about the importance of perspective in the Trump era. If you like this episode, please like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us five stars, and give us feedback. It really helps us. And we hope you enjoy this episode. So, crazy week, huh? Yeah, no, you know, I think it's been, um, I think it's been a good week. I mean, a solid week <laughs> of, uh... Something like that, yeah. It's been a great week, great week. We've had, uh... A lot of stuff happened. We had, we'll just round up a little bit of the current events first. We had the Japan Prime Minister visit, and while Prime Minister Abe was visiting, North Korea fired a ballistic missile, so that was great. Um, Trump conducted this meeting at his Mar-a-Lago Winter White House, as he's calling it, and he had some national security concerns while he was there. He was using phones as a flashlight to look at some classified documents, which is always a great idea after these Russian hacks, but you know, no big deal. And, uh, my favorite quote from the week, I would think, is there was a marriage going on and, and while well, Prime Minister Abe was there, and Trump says, quote, I said to the Prime Minister of Japan, I said, come on, Shinzo, let's go over there and say hello. They've been members of this club for a long time. They've paid me a fortune. I, I think it's great that he called him Shinzo. I, I like that they're on a first name basis already. Yeah, no, I'm... I... I, I wish I could be that friendly with uh, with world leaders and you know be so nonchalant in my approach. Um, I think that um, that he's really becoming the uh, an, an American hero at this rate, and I think that he's taking the job incredibly serious. Like I don't feel in any way concerned uh, about his approach. And if anything, I feel super safe, and I just I personally can't wait to see his reaction and his response to the uh, to the North Korean missile launch. You know, I'm. I'm just ready for like a like a like a tweeting war, you know. You know, it's good. It's it's going to be a back and forth, and we we know how. How well, well how, he he did have the press conference with Prime Minister Abe, and he didn't mention North Korea at all. Abe well, did. You know, I again, I think. Well, this obviously. I mean, I think it's almost it's fairly obvious to say that North Korea is kind of testing the waters to see what they can get away with, and. I, I don't know if what the thing is the great thing about Donald Trump is we never know which which Donald Trump we're gonna get. Um, you know, is it gonna be is it gonna be like a, the the aggressor Donald Trump? Is it gonna be you know the I'm gonna sue you Donald Trump? Like we it's so I'm just waiting. You know, I'm just I'm just really waiting to see what the next uh, what the course of action is gonna be and I guess his reaction. Uh, I, I'm. I'm I'm just so curious. I, I honestly can't wait for it. Yeah, for, for being such a hardliner when he was on the campaign about foreign policy, about his get-tough foreign policy, he hasn't really shown that yet. Yeah, you know, I think he's realized that um, that you, you simply can't go and uh, and bully the leaders of <laughs> of all the other nations in the world. I thought I, I think he had this, like, misconception that as the, the leader of, of the United States of America that he had this this power that he would be just allowed to kind of manhandle and bully everyone around. But I think now he's starting to kind of see that, you know, global politics is just a bit more like complex and, uh, and you know, it, 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 you, you need to have some respect and some diplomacy, but you know, again, it's only been a couple weeks. He hasn't done anything that we, that we could label as a, as a Royal screw up. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to talk 
I'm not gonna talk too poorly about him. Just gonna well, well the, the Flynn thing was a little bit of a major screw up. We'll we'll get to that. Um, for now, we can go on to the immigration order. Just some updates on that. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals refused to lift the ban, and Trump said that his administration won't immediately appeal the ban to the Supreme Court. Although he did tweet, "See you in court" in all caps with exclamation marks. I'm not really sure what that was about or who he's talking to, but see, I think that was my favorite quote of the week: "See you in court," because <laughs> essentially, like you're... they already were in court, which made no sense. <laughs> He's literally talking to the judges. He's, he's, he's confronting the court system and basically saying, hey, see you in court. But it's, I mean, they already were in court. They go to court every day. That's kind of what they do. So I don't know. Like, you, you, I don't think you can sue the court system itself. I didn't think that was an option. But again, Donald Trump is a revolutionary leader and he is going to show us the way. So if you can, if you can somehow go against the court with the court I, you know i want to see it i want to see i want to see what his stance is going to be and i obviously i think it's obvious that he's waiting on the whole supreme uh, like the supreme court appeal um i think he, he's trying to pull he did say it. that they might rewrite the executive order so we'll, we'll see where he goes with that i think he has to i mean if he does because I, I again it it clearly i mean I don't, again I, I can't speak for the supreme court obviously but as of now it's just not going to stand so he's trying to find as many ways as possible to kind of rewrite to rewrite it so even if it does it again even if it doesn't go through um uh, the, the court system again like it might have a better chance supreme court maybe trying to wait out until gorsuch uh can finally uh go into review in april uh i don't know but again this is again it's i mean as the order stands now it's very likely that it doesn't hold up in supreme court in the supreme court but you know we'll see yeah, uh, no, it, it's wait I, again. I, this is this is my, my one of my favorite things, and everyone's gonna say, "Oh, well, you know, that's not fair because some people want the ban." I just want to say, Fox News poll comes out, and the Fox News poll, fifty-two percent disapprove of the ban, and this is from Fox News. We're not talking <laughs> about the, the, the extreme. We're not talking about the this CNN is the New York Times or the CNN. Yeah, we're not. We're not talking about. That. We're talking about Fox News coming out with their own poll that shows 52% disapproval. That just, I mean, it blows my mind. And people, of course, are going to be, oh, but, you know, that wasn't a fair representation. That's not everyone's voice. I, I'm just saying. It's, it's, I'm not being, we're not all being biased here. I mean, the, just, just it, saying what the numbers say, you know? Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just saying what the numbers say. And you can check it out for yourself if you think I'm lying. It's true. Next, Nordstrom, Ivanka, and Conway. The saga continues. Um, so basically, I'm sure most people are familiar with what happened. Nordstrom said that they're no longer going to sell Ivanka and Trump's brand. And then Conway, on some of the morning shows over the weekend, said that she highly recommends that people go out and buy Ivanka's brand because it's great. And unfortunately for Kellyanne Conway, uh, this violates a few laws, including that public officials can't endorse products or companies. And now it just came out the ethics office is recommending an investigation. I, I think that went really well, don't you? Oh, God. Oh, the fact that we even have to deal with this, I just don't understand. I, th I thought it was made, if any, it was made perfectly clear. They, they, so many news sources said, can Trump 
step away from the business and step away from his brand and leave the country. And everyone was kind of on the on the fence about like, I don't know, you know, he might not. And everyone told us, you know, the, the right, mostly the right told us, you know, be optimistic. He's going to be he's going to do great. And we're what week? We're almost we're almost a month in. And here we go. We have all the family ties. We have this whole debacle with 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 uh, with Ivanka, and now she, uh, now her clothing brand uh, won't be rep- uh, won't be represented by uh, Nordstrom. There's been other companies that have dropped her too. I think Sears was saying that they were going to drop her too. Basically, what you're saying is that Trump has not left any of his businesses in any capacity whatsoever. Exactly. No, but and I think it was uh, with his son or his son-in-law. I think he the amount of money that he had to like waste for a security detail to go to Uruguay. Mm-hmm. It, again, it was astronomical. We have, I think he was trying to appoint uh, either his son, and, I think it was my son-in-law, uh, to a position Kushner. in government, but he's not allowed to do it. Like he himself can't appoint family members. So mm-hmm. they're trying to find a way where somebody else within government appoints him so that he can be paid to work within government and and uh, become a, a, an advisor to Trump. Like this is, again, this is just, fantastic it's like it's like a little web and the web continues to grow and grow and grow and and again and and nobody wants to hold him accountable because nobody can hold him accountable because we don't have his damn tax returns and it's not i don't honestly i don't even think that it's nobody wants to hold him accountable i just think the and i don't want to say the right because that's not that's an unfair generalization to make the right there's a bunch of conservatives that weren't for trump but I guess to be more specific, the pro-Trump right, um, I think, are the ones that are you know defending him over and over and over again with these justifications and these straw man arguments and it's slippery slope. It just—it's it, a never-ending. It's going to be a never-ending fight until he and until he does something that is just a clear screw up. I don't think that we can really say anything. Obviously, this brings up some red flags, but until like, a, like he actually does something that is so beyond believable and like something so stupid again i think we're going to be caught in between this oh we're getting close (laughs) next mnuchin was confirmed as treasury secretary and the veterans affairs secretary david shulkin was also confirmed monday night but the two biggest stories were devos and sessions let's start with sessions sessions he was confirmed pretty much divided by party lines 52 to 47 and He's one of the most conservative members of the Senate, and he's particularly concerned with immigration and voting rights. And the most incredible thing about him is that in 1986, he was denied federal judgeship for being too racist. And that was in 1986. You had to be pretty racist in 1986 to be called too racist. Lightning, no, it really is. You know, I, I, For starters, I don't know... How if you were too racist in 19 again if you were too racist in 1986 I mean this yeah. was if you're too 19- racist in 1986 what are you in 2017 yeah like please and it was the whole process was I mean it was iconic and it was super interesting to follow I mean for for those that did follow obviously um, it was uh, the, the whole controversy with uh, with Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm so his confirmation had 30 hours of debate, and Elizabeth Warren was reading a letter by Coretta Scott King, Coretta Scott King, about trying to prevent Sessions from getting on to the federal judgeship. 
and she was eventually forced to sit down and be silent for supposedly violating Senate Rule 19. I, I, I don't know if that's... Again, it, the Senate has so many... like, And the thing is, the Senate can, like, it makes up its own rules, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can understand what they were saying, but I also read, and again, I could be wrong, but this is, this is what I read, that after they didn't let her uh, continue reading the letter because, you know, it, it spoke out negatively uh, It was about, basically criticizing another senator right. was, is the yeah. gist of the rule. Right. But then after they told her that she couldn't do it, another member of the Senate got up and read the same letter. I think it might have been beforehand. I don't know. I mean, that again, I, I could be wrong, but if, that's, if that does happen to be true, again, it's kind of weird, super interesting. It kind of brings into question, you know, how exactly the Senate works and, and, and stuff like that. But again, super interesting, you know, with, with this whole uh, Sessions thing, I think it brings into, in, into focus uh, DeVos as well. You know, I, I, think we're, I think we should, we're really talking about, you know, just some of the picks in general that he's made. Sessions being yeah. one, DeVos, who uh, is now the head of, like, of education for the country, basically. And I think we can talk a little bit about her now. Yeah, she was really the most controversial of, of all the nominations. It, it took a tie-breaking vote by Mike Pence, which was the first time ever. That's, I mean, again, these. I think that this is really cool because of the pro. Like we're starting to see, we're starting to see like things where we can say, oh, this is the first time this has ever happened. So I guess that's all. That, I mean, that from that. That's a plus of all this. <laughs> yeah, right. Like we're we're seeing some groundbreaking stuff in politics, and again, that's why. Everyone, even before he got elected, everyone everyone said, you know, keep an eye on this. This is going to be revolutionary. Whether Hillary gets elected or Trump's, like, it's going to be a first. And we're going to see a lot of firsts. And, I, and we're definitely seeing it now. And it's interesting, the whole like, the whole DevOps thing, because, I mean, she's obviously a successful person. She's, she's a very successful human being, and that we can't take away from her. But I don't know whether she has the background to be in the position that she's in. I no, she, she has no experience working in the public school sector. None. Yeah, and, you know, I'm all for, uh, you know, promoting, you know, education. The U.S. has been lacking in, in education for years now. It's, been, it's fallen behind, like, several other nations. And so I think it's great that, that the emphasis has been, oh, uh, education reform and stuff like that. I just don't see how DeVos is the person to to lead. I, I, I think she's a bit disconnected from the reality. And I know that she wants to put more money uh, towards private school education. But I, is, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what you think, but I don't see how that's the viable, like if that's a viable solution. No, I mean, she just, she just doesn't have the background to be able to do this. She had, during her confirmation, she had no familiarity with the debate over if test scores should be used to measure growth or efficiency. She wouldn't affirm equal accountability for different schools that receive taxpayer funds. And the best thing that came out of her confirmation was that she defended gun presence in schools to defend against grizzly bears, which we all know the terror that are grizzly bears in our country. I mean, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if you remember high school as well as I do. But you know, the first thing that I thought when I heard the bell ring for class to either end or start was, am I going to make it out of here alive? <laughs> I, I never felt safe. Those wild animals 
they were there. You know, sometimes I, I saw some of those squirrels from across from from across the the campus, and I'm like, oh, shit! Like, I, is he coming for me? I don't know. I wish that I was armed so I could deal with this with this squirrel problem. But thank God it would be legal to be armed. Exactly. And I, if anything, I think we should recognize DeVos as a visionary. You know, she's really she's really putting herself out there, and she's really going and giving her ideas, and we have to respect that. You know, if anything. Uh, I commend her and her efforts, and I wish her the best. <laughs> well, one thing that was kind of an issue that Democrats kind of screwed up was that Sessions' hearing was scheduled after hers, so he could still cast a vote in favor of her because he was still technically a member of the Senate. That's something that they could have avoided, and she might not have made it through, actually. The thing is, I, I, it's, you know, I try not to think about that because it's those kind of things that'll keep me from like being able to to, to sleep comfortably at night when, when, <laughs> when we think about these like the semantics and you know the itsy or, or, or sleep comfortably before we start recording you know yeah exactly no, <laughs> it's it it, it, it scares me to do you know to because to, obviously you know we 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 do our own our own reading and we try to research as best as possible and so i think it's when we do that research that we kind of have like these epiphanies and we come to this realization that you know things are genuinely more screwed up than than we thought like we already knew that there were some issues and that but it's when you do the in-depth reading that you really have to just stop kind of relax for a second and ask yourself like what the hell is going on like how is it you you want to believe it's like it's a made-up story but if anything i want to continue and i want to talk about one more um one more uh trump appointee which is uh that of uh, i believe it's rick perry mm -hmm. which i find the most interesting man alive at this point <laughs> like god bless this man who is put as the head of the department of energy and didn't and know what it did doesn't know <laughs> what it's for how do you how do you how there's so many smart people there's there's I, if anything there are so so many smart people that are qualified for this position i live in boston I can direct you to two of the best schools in the world, specifically one of the best schools in the world, where I can assure you that there are many people that are more than qualified to tell you about. Half of the students are probably weapon. more qualified than Rick Perry is to run <laughs> the Department of Energy. I don't understand. It's it's so confusing. He in what was was 2012 where he wanted to get rid of the Department of Energy. Now he's the head. Now he's the head, and he thought he was going to be some, the face of like American oil. Like what? <laughs> nope, he's in charge of our nukes. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, I'm gonna go spread, you know, the the whole like oil thing, and we you know, fossil fuels. It's all good. It's good old dandy capitalism. No, 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 no. Sorry, Rick. Uh, your job's actually to uh, to take charge of you know the deadliest weapons. <laughs> our nuclear arsenal. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, good luck, Rick. Uh, I wish you the best. I hope that you that you've um, done some reading and that you've learned <laughs> how uh, how to do your job. Because if not, again, I, I don't want to say I'm scared, but I'm slightly worried. I'm, I'm a little anxious. Exactly. Like I'm just slightly just slightly worried. I can't say anything yet because he hasn't done anything stupid. I don't I'm think he'll even do anything. <laughs> He's probably sleeping. I mean, that's that could be an interesting argument to make. Did Donald Trump 
elect morons, and I say morons respectfully. In, in a very sweet and sincere way, because obviously these people are very successful in, in their personal lives, but I, I just don't see how they're qualified to be doing the things that they're doing. So maybe it's a joke. Maybe just he just wants to put people there that he know are going to be like, oh, they're going to be a bit, bit controversial, but they're not actually going to do as much as we think they will. But, you know, again, we have no idea. Fingers crossed. God bless. Whatever. Another Trump appointee who has come under some major fire within the past week or so is good old General Michael Flynn over his oh. ties to Russia. He was accused of talking to the Russian ambassador about lifting sanctions and U.S. relations before Trump took office, which is arguably in violation of the Logan Act, although nobody's ever been prosecuted under that. And he ended up resigning because he lied. He did talk about that. I commend Michael Flynn because, if anything, I think he just realized how screwed everyone is, and he's just the first one to get out. I think he, he came to the realization <laughs> that there's no hope. So, so your theory is he did this on purpose because he was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, he just tanked it. He, you know, he realized that that the whole ship's coming down. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm get, I'm jumping off right now. I'm not going down with you people. So, I commend him. But, but no, really, he, he could have done a little bit better, better than violating the law and possibly facing a felony charge. But you know, it, and it's crazy because this is. I mean, we again, we could argue about why or, or, or how or what happened in the election, et cetera, but this is one of the reasons that – actually, no, this is most likely the main reason that Hillary Clinton didn't win. In her last couple of weeks, the whole server debacle really got to her, and Trump just beat her. Like, he just pushed the topic, and she never really had a good enough response to it. But then guess what? Like, we're February, February now. It's only been three weeks, a month. And guess what? We have this basically kind of the same issue. We have information leaks that could or could not be crucial to, like, you know, security of this nation. We have information. We, have, we just have this gray space. We have this kind of like gray area in which we don't know what the truth is. We don't know uh, how this could affect us. We don't know the information. So, again, don't freak out. Guys, don't freak out on us. But be worried. Like, I think it would be reasonable for us to be worried, for anybody to be worried. I, I mean, the, the real concerning thing is that um, some of the news organizations reported that Trump knew about Flynn's talks with Russia for weeks. And Flynn was still par participating in national security meetings, talking to foreign leaders, had access to classified documents. All, well, all while he was being investigated for this, which is kind of a national security risk but who am i to say i mean i thought it was really interesting i don't know how long ago i read about this i think it was in this past week where it talked about putin was considering uh bringing snowden back to the u.s yeah i saw that i i, I think that that's great because obviously everyone's gonna gonna be like wow look what donald trump's done we're getting snowden back this is like look this this is success but again, just I ask people to not be so gullible. Like it's not like Putin woke up someday and he's just feeling super gracious and he's like, hmm, you know, I'm just gonna give give them uh, give them Snowden back. You know, I, I just feel like it today. No, I mean, there's obviously some sort of there's there has to be a reason as to why he'd want to do that. He's clearly trying to he's trying to, to get on Trump's good side because Donald said that during the 
election, Donald said that um, Snowden should be tried for treason and executed. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that that is that is how it works. You know, just execute him. Like that makes sense. And again, it just I think that I think Putin's doing it because it it makes Trump's image in the U.S. like a lot better because it's showing the U.S. that oh wow we're better, we're making relationships better with a huge superpower. I, again, it it just just don't be so gullible. Read, literally read, read anything. Read history. Just read post World War Two, if you like. I mean, you could go further back, but just post World War Two U.S. Soviet relations, and tell me anywhere in between where you where you would say, "Wow, you know, we've we've always been super friendly with each other, and this is just another act of of, of friendship." You know, Putin and Trump together, hand in hand walking through like a rose garden like please just i mean ideally it. it would be good for us and russia to have good relations but only where it meets our interests we can't just bow down to them like trump seems to be doing in a lot of in a lot of cases and yeah. possibly collaborating with them who knows because uh, one of the most important questions from this whole flynn fallout is how much did trump know and when and did he condone this did he allow this uh, there's some really important investigating that needs to happen regarding this whole situation. Yeah, um, I, I'm I, I, again, it's accomplished. Well, it, it kind of leaves me speechless. I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, obviously, I do know what to say, but I kind of don't know what to say because because it's a mess. Because it's a mess, exactly. You know, you, you try to if you try to. I, I ask anyone try to make sense of all of this and if you can i would gladly have a conversation with you i'd love to have a conversation. we'd love to have you on this podcast to explain it to yeah, us because we dude, don't know i would love to have a conversation with anyone that can make sense of all this and just remain incredibly level-headed and not be concerned in any way if you feel this way please contact me because maybe <laughs> you could bring back some of my sanity because it's I've, I've lost I've lost some I've lost it I'm gonna be honest I feel like I'm in a crazy show and this is just like some giant shit show that'll never end so I don't know please if, if you're level-headed if you feel like everything's going dandy let me know hit me up I'll gladly I'll gladly have a conversation it's it's now being reported that David Petraeus Vice Admiral Robert Harward and General Keith Kellogg are among Trump's uh, preferred options for the new National Security Advisor. And for people that don't know, David Petraeus shared classified information with his mistress uh, a couple of years ago. So, you know, that'd be great for national security after he railed on Hillary Clinton for her emails. Uh, but Vice Admiral Harward is regarded as the most qualified and the safest pick, so we can only pray that he goes with him. We'll see. Flynn was also the second person close to the administration to resign due to ties with Russia. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's more coming. You know, I think, like, this is some form of, like, soap opera. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It, it like, feels it, like The Apprentice as the I mean, president. There's, there's definitely, like, a plot to, to all this. And I, it's like, oh, where will, like, what will happen to America? Find out next week. Find out next week. And like in between, there's like there's these minor 
like deaths to characters and minor character dramas where it's like, oh, but this person was caught doing this and that person was caught doing this. And again, it's super entertaining. Don't get me wrong. But when you realize it's real life, I get I, like how if you know that he's shared information with a mistress, why? What wh is there? Nobody in this country that has experience is qualified and I don't know hasn't shared important national secrets with his mistress or girlfriend or well there now. are qualified people it's really the question of Donald's gonna pick them <laughs> I would love to know like what his rationale is like does he have like a checklist in front of him it, like, does he is does he like place the maybe you know what I have an idea maybe they have a, a weekly poker game and they just throw like they, they don't bet money or they, they bet like candidates and positions cabinet and positions <laughs> i think it i think it justifies some of the things that have happened because i can find no other explanation for what's been going on and what continues to go on and again i'm being hopeful maybe you know a couple weeks from now they turn around uh, uh I'd, I'd like to think so maybe i don't know a week uh, maybe a month down the line he won't be telling the u.s courts that he'll see them in court i mean i don't know again i'll never understand you said that. something a little bit ago that i want to touch on about feeling like this was a soap opera or something do you think that if we look back on this in 10 or 20 years that this will just be a blip in the radar and that none of this was that big of a deal and we kind of continue on the progression that president obama set or or do you think that this really is as serious as everyone thinks. There are a couple things that I feel we have, like a couple parts of that, that we have to address. The first being uh, the magnitude of the results of any of the, the actions he's taken. Uh, depending on what happens, we obviously don't know what's going to happen. So depending on the magnitude of whatever does happen, I think we'll be able to look further down the line and say, okay, you know, it wasn't as bad as we thought. Uh, it was crazier in the moment. So that could be one thing. The second thing would be, how will white America feel? I mean, because again, this all goes back, and Trump being elected is, and again, everyone can argue as to why and blah blah blah. But I think the, the reality of the situation is he won the election because a good portion of this country got tired of the system, got tired of the politicians, and wanted change. I'm not. I personally do not believe that Donald Trump was a change that we needed. I did believe. I mean, I still do believe that we did need a change in terms of in terms of the system itself. This whole bipartisan system, where it's Republicans and Democrats, and the country is incredibly divided. No yeah, it's only growing more polarized. Right. Exactly. And so, I think depending on how essentially the middle of the country, because again, those are the those are the the, the people that. The pushed more, you know, the low income uh, white families that, that were really pushing. And of course, I'm not, again, I'm not, I don't want people to think, oh, you know, of course, you know, he did have the, he did have uh, some black support. Uh, there were women that voted for him. He had some, uh, he actually had a substantial Hispanic support too. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm aware of that for sure. And I, I, I want people to know that I'm not delusional, but. A big part of his push and his whole his essentially grassroots like movement was low income white America, and 
I think that depending on what he does and how they see what he's done, that's also going to, you know, be a big like focus moving forward because we've seen and it's it, it's now proven that they can make a huge difference. One thing that's important that I want to talk about and with that is I think it's important for people and and Democrats specifically to hold Trump more accountable that he doesn't have an electoral mandate because he didn't win the popular vote. I don't think that people are really cognizant of that, that Hillary won by what ended up being like 3 million votes. You know, I, uh, and everyone, it's, I, that's been a, another issue, and everyone goes on uh, all these talk shows and discusses, oh, you know, Hillary's the real winner, she won with all this, but there's the electoral college. I don't know what to think of this system. I don't know whether I approve of it. I, I saw a survey that some ridiculous amount of Democrats wanted to get rid of the electoral college system, but most Republicans were fine with it. But I don't know how seriously to take that survey because obviously it's going to be split like that because of how the respective parties did during the election. I mean, I guess one thing I would want to say in defense of of those that do, that do support Trump is, you know, for the people that, that lost, the people that were voting for Hillary or Bernie or you know, just the left in general, or even the people that were, that were voting for, for candidates on the right that just weren't Donald Trump, it's time to accept the fact that you've lost or we've lost, I guess, because I personally wasn't very pro-Trump. It's time to accept the loss. Take the L and stop complaining. It's done. I get that it still hurts and we're all I agree with you on that. I just meant that Democrats should act and try and hold Trump more accountable because they, in fact, do have the approval of most of the country. Well, yeah, exactly. But I think that that brings up the big point. If they think about it, in social issues, I and I mean, you know, I, I guess we I could look into some polls and and come back next week and with, with those numbers. But I'm almost positive that the majority of this country goes left on most all social issues and fiscal policy. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe that's more divided than social issues. I believe that this country goes left for the most part. That is more progressive. How is it that the right was able to take over this, uh, to take over Congress, essentially, and the presidency? It's because it's be, it's becoming ridiculous. And it's I because of the electoral college and the gerrymandering and all that other stuff. Well, actually, there's that's true. I agree, but I would actually want people to. There is a great segment on Bill Maher, who obviously is. I mean, there's bias. Of course, he's, the show is incredibly biased. He's very pro left. Does not like. Uh, does not like Donald Trump. Does not like the right. So that's keep being that kind. But he had a fantastic segment at the end of his show, it might have been two weeks ago, where he basically talked about why Democrats keep losing. And it's because it's become this apologetic, you know, we have like they have to be babied. Just accept the loss and again, definitely and I think we are, I, I think that the left is holding Trump more account accountable. But the only problem is it's not so much, okay, Donald Trump, you're doing this. It's like everyone's crying and it continue to whine. I think it's time for us to collect ourselves 
accept the loss, and like you said, hold Trump accountable, but be way more objective about it, and stop making it this whole like emotional like oh like. And, and to be fair, they can't hold him that accountable because they just don't have the votes. It'll be interesting to see what happens after midterms in 2018. But for now, there's not that much they can do politically. And that's true. But and, and but I mean, we've seen we in the, in like U.S. history, we've seen the power of protesting. And they're working and, so far. Exactly. Like social movement, like the social strong social movements have been effective in in, in the history of this nation. That's just a fact. But I think it's the way that we go about it. And I I don't think that the left is going about it appropriately. I think if they, again, if it was more objective and it was this... I think it's less- important to be less condescending, too. Because I think a lot of times there's this image that middle America has, which we've heard over and over again, of coastal elites and things like that. And I think there's a lot of disdain and condescension that comes from those segments and groups of people i agree and it's funny because it's always the left that says that the right is super intolerable and they're all racist and you know they're trying to take away the rights etc in my opinion it's it's the left has kind of become you know it's a bit hypocritical because they're kind of doing the same thing you know go go look like go look on social media and tell me that you don't have friends or or you haven't seen posts from from people that are that are on, on the left, like I'm on the far left, that are just as ridiculous as some of the stuff you see from the right. It's just and just to be completely... clear, there's a lot of good people on both sides. We're mainly yeah. talking about like the extremism. Of course, no, of course, and yeah, and again, everyone has the right to, to their own opinion, and there there are great ideas on both sides, and I feel that's kind of what we should be promoting. And I think that's what, um, I guess, the quote-unquote level-headed, level-headed thinkers and people should be promoting. It should be a culmination of both sides and bring together ideas from both ends so that we can unite, which is, again, the whole Donald Trump, unite this country and move in a positive direction. But until we can do that, we're going to keep seeing the same fights, the same arguments, the same battles. And again, I, I can't see things getting better not only from the donald trump from this whole donald trump debacle but you know further elections down the road like i again this is crazy theory but you know i i personally wouldn't want to see you know the left go for someone that's too far left in order to kind of get back at the right for pushing for donald trump you know like again i i hope that that doesn't come to that i hope that we don't see that that's sort what of, that's sort of push i just like to see a more level-headed and uh moderate uh electorate yeah i agree and i think it'll take a dynamic charismatic politician to kind of pull that off if you've made it this far thank you so much for listening to bs in politics and remember to please like us on facebook subscribe to us on itunes give us five stars so that we can reach the top of the charts and leave us feedback so that we can make our episodes even better have a great week and you'll hear from us again next time